Hey, you made it. There are so many things going on in the world today. You need to celebrate the fact that you took a moment to stop and listen to the word of God through this Heavenly Vision podcast. I'm sure God's going to speak to you in a way that will bless you. So let's get into it. The book of Jude, I want to share with you what I hear the Lord saying. Thank God for Pastor Kena opening us up in this month. Hallelujah. Thank God for Prophet Janice just flowing as God gave her utterance to do so. Hallelujah. Thank God for Minister Jerry adding to the conversation. Um, and so I, I want to give some conclusion to the matter. Um, next month, we're going to be talking about what next month looks like. Next month, um, I was telling my daughter that I, I, I feel God doing something different next month. So, so August, August is going to be unique. Amen. That, that you may not want to miss anything in August because God is going to do some, some very unique things at this altar. Uh, Jude, uh, there's, no, there's no chapter, so we just did a verse. Uh, Jude 17, we're going to read 17 through 25. Jude 17 through 25. It reads as follows. But you must remember, you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last times, there would be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people, devoid of the spirit. But you, somebody say, but you. Beloved, I thank God. This is what the scripture says. Building yourselves up <laughs> in your most holy faith <laughs> and praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God. It's all in our scripture. My God, waiting for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. And to others show mercy with fear. Yeah. Hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. Oh. Because it ain't going, oh my goodness, it ain't even going to happen again. Now unto him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless, faultless, perfect before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forevermore. Amen. For a few more moments, I just want to talk on the subject, destination. Destination. Everybody say destination. I love you, son. Now, what we need to understand, just so that we have a context here, the man that is writing to us uh, is very unique because he's not an apostle. Every other writing is from an apostle of Jesus Christ. This individual here, 
according to uh, the most accurate theological and his, his, uh, historical understanding, this is the half-brother of Jesus. This is the brother of Jesus. And when we read here, he doesn't call himself the brother of Jesus. He calls himself the brother of John and a servant of Jesus. The reason why he does this is because, watch this, foundationally, he and his other siblings had issue with Jesus. And if we study the church history and the, and the word and the accounts of our church fathers, they didn't even come to true faith until post-resurrection. And so the reason why it is so unique that we have this account and even why the, those who were canonizing the scripture, why they deemed it necessary to have this account, this, this testament, this, this word was because of the shifting that happened in his own life. The reason why Jude's words are important to the church is because Jude represents a shifting of paradigm. Don't miss this because some of you have written off people because of the way they think right now. I feel God in the room already. He's already done good work. You cannot write off somebody just because of how they are right now. You have to believe God that if he be God and if he have a will for their life, there will come a time of transition. There will come a time of enlightenment. But when and until then, keep praying for them. That's why this book is so unique. And even when we get into the, the, the crux and the context of this book, we see Jude, or we hear Jude rather, beginning to deal with, watch this, people who were contrary, we're good, in the church. And the reason why he, he, he deemed himself of authority of this, because he was one that was once... You see, you can't, you can't help me through no deliverance if you ain't never been delivered through something. See, this is why I need, okay, I'm, 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 this is why you want, you want an ex-prostitute praying for you. Now, don't, don't miss what I'm saying here. I'm not talking about transferring of spirits. I'm talking about understanding of deliverance. I'm talking about somebody who's been in hell and come back to say, listen, I know what the fire feel like. I know what the smoke smell like. And if I can come out, I declare that you're going to come out is there anybody that's been to hell and back it's like listen you coming and so Jude was familiar with people doubting Jesus because he was the one of the ones that doubted him Jude was familiar with people being cynical of the first century church because he was one of them until he was converted and so Jude has a different sensitivity than the remaining apostles Jude even has a different sensitivity even than the Apostle Paul because the Apostle Paul with his apostolic mandate, he began to build and there were certain sensitivities that he lacked. But Jude, he knew what it felt like. He knew, he, he, he knew, he knew how to, to communicate with individuals who had the same mindset that he had. And so when we see here in, 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 in the beginning of, of this, he says, 
I need you to remember what the apostles have said. I need you to remember what the apostles have predicted. Here's the first thing I need you to grab quickly. When the men and women of God are beginning to declare the word of God over your life, those are things that you need to begin to hold dear to you. As the oracles of the Lord begin to be spoken in, even in the house of God or in, in, in close quarters and close proximity or even whether it is a corporate gathering or a personal conversation, you have to remember those things. You have to keep those things close to you because what, what the men and women of God begin to predict over your life, that will literally be the context for the season that you're getting ready to walk into. This, this is why I took my time when Prophet Janice preached and, I, and I, I, when, she, when she led ministry here and I wanted to make sure that everybody understood what happened. So notice what Jude says. He says, listen, you got to remember what the apostles said. Notice he said, I'm not an apostle. I, I don't claim to be a part of the 12. I, don't, I, 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 I ain't a sent one. I'm just a brother of Jesus. Not even Jesus. I'm a brother of John, the brother of Jesus. I'm Jesus' brother's brother. I'm a servant of Jesus. I'm just a servant. Of, but but I, need you to, I need you to know that whatever they say, you got to remember it. I, I, I bless me, John, because she was, as she was here at the altar, she was writing things. And some of you, you got to scribe this stuff down. Whether you got to record it in your phone, put it in your notes, you got to begin to take this stuff down. Because as the Lord begins to speak, those are the very things. Watch this. The word of the Lord, the word that the Lord sends to you begins to shape the context for your world. If you don't have the words, you can't shape your world. And then the thing that, cre that, that creates your foundation and even creates the building that you live in are the words that you adhere to. So he says, remember what the apostles said. Then verse 18, just in case y'all didn't hear, just in case you forgot, they said in the last days there would be scoffers following their own ungodly passion. Oh my goodness. He said there would be scoffers following their own ungodly passions and it is these who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the spirit. Now, the first thing we need to understand here, or the next thing we need to understand here, is that division in any sphere of life, not just in the church, but division in any sphere of life is the byproduct of being gripped by selfish desire rather than corporate destination. Anytime, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your business, whether it's your class, whether it's your cohort, whether it's your church, whether it's your wherever it is, the thing that causes division more than anything else, it's not misunderstanding. It's not, it's, 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 not a, it's not a lack of transparency or trust. No, no, you can actually, you, you, you still love and deal with folk you don't trust right now. But the thing that will cause division in any sphere of your life is when somebody is gripped by selfish desire. Rather than corporate destination. So instead of saying where are we all trying to go. I will hinder the process by stopping every 15 minutes because I want a Fanta. I will prolong this thing for years. Because I want my opportunity to shine. 
know we're trying to get somewhere, but we ain't going nowhere till I get my turn. And because one is gripped, ones are gripped by selfish ambition, they will leave things abandoned. They, they, because they got a selfish desire instead of being focused on the corporate destination. Listen, once we get to the land flowing with milk and honey, we can eat grapes all day long. Why are you sitting here arguing about quail? Why are you sitting here talking about who's going to get the first to be the water from the rock? We about to go to where they got springs. And you fighting in line to get to the rock? Now, when you read the scripture slowly, in between verse 19 and verse 20, Jude presents to us a dichotomy within Christianity. Notice, notice, notice here. Look, look at the scripture. He, he, he says, he said, it is these who cause division, cause them worldly people. He says they're devoid of the spirit. He says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. In between 19 and 20, we, we, we see those and we're, we're not going to spend a lot of time dealing with the worldliness and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure you can, you can figure out a whole bunch of ad adjectives to, <laughs> to put to that. Notice the dichotomy, and, 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 and I, I'm not going to beat you up with the Greek, but I just need to show this to you. There's two words here, pneumaticos and psychos. Pneumaticos, excuse me, and psychios. Pneumaticos and psychios. And when you look at these words, I'm like, I can't see it. I can't see it. This one, okay, uh, you'll see it on the live stream. Uh, now, there's a difference between pneumaticos and psychios. The pneumaticos, the, or, excuse me, the pneumaticos is a life that is dominated by the spirit of God. In other words, you're spirit led. Now, the pneumaticos, uh, speaking of the pneuma, which is the spirit of God. Now, here it is. The pneumaticos is a life that is dominated by the spirit of God. Notice this. It means... That even beyond your desire, you have yielded it to the spirit, giving the spirit permission to make you do stuff that you may not in one particular season even want to do. I know I got about 18 people in here that's like, listen, pneumaticos here. Uh, because I don't even like them. I don't even want to talk to them. I don't want to be in the same car with them. But something in me made me. That's pneumatic. I'm, I'm giving you language for it. That's, that's pneumatic. Some of you are sitting in, in, in areas and, and in spaces in your life and you're in context that you're like, ah, I don't understand this. But by your word, God, doing what you, Garden of Gethsemane, uh, a, a perfect example of pneumaticos. Uh, and he says, if it, listen, if there's any other way, I'm out of here, pneumaticos. But nevertheless, I don't want to. Real, real. I don't want to. For real, for real. I don't want to. But pneumatical says that I have yielded myself to the Spirit of God so much to the degree that he dominates my life. That's, that's the pneumaticos. Uh, but then, then you have the psychios. The psychios. Which speaks of the psyche of, of man. This, now this is a life, listen, that is dominated by the psyche of man. 
This is a life that is not led by the pneuma, but is led by the psyche. And what that means is, is that this man saved, loved Jesus, supposedly, but has not yielded itself to the pneuma, the spirit of God, so that it can dominate it. So they are dominated by their own psyche. But what we don't understand is that sometimes our mind playing tricks on us. And so he said, this is why, this is why we're wrestling in the church. Because some of y'all are pneumaticos. And you're like, Lord, whatever you say, you do. I don't, sometimes I don't even want to, but I'm dominated by the Spirit, so I'm going to do what the Spirit say. And then some of us are psychos. And we're like, if I don't feel like it, I won't. And you can't make me. You're not my mama. You're not my daddy. I'm grown. I got my own XYZ. And he says, he says, there's going to have to be a, a, a dealing with of the two. Look at verse 20. He teaches us in verse 20 that the most effective way to build our faith is to tap into the omnipresence of God by praying in the spirit. Notice this. Because here, that, this, this is where we get the dichotomy and we, we, we're almost out of here. Both of them pray. The psychos pray and the pneumaticos prays. But the psychos, they pray, Lord, this is what I want. Lord, I feel in my spirit. That sounds real holy, don't it? Lord, I feel in my spirit that this is not of you. And I need you to remove these people from my life. Oh, hallelujah. I need you to remove these people from my life. Because I'm done with this. I am the head. Hallelujah. And not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. And so I rebuke this in the name of Jesus. But the pneumaticos, when they pray in the spirit, Lord, what do you say? The pneumaticos spends more time silent in prayer than they do talking. Because they're willing to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say, even if it contradicts what they've already said. The most effective way to build your faith is to tap into the omnipotency of God by praying in the Spirit. What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? Praying in the Spirit means I pray in faith because some of us, we just wish. That's why James says, if y'all ain't got faith, you might as well not even ask him for anything. Because some of us, we believe, here it is, that our prayers are based on our product. Some of us believe that our prayers are based on what we produce. Your prayers ain't got nothing to do with what you produce. Your prayers has everything to do with your faith in the one who can produce. So, I, so, so in, in order to pray in the spirit, I first have to have faith. You're writing this down. The second thing I have to have in order to pray in the spirit, I have to pray by the truth of the scripture. 
You can't be praying for a man that's married to somebody else. <laughs> Scripture says, well, God is joined together. Let no man put asunder. So how you praying to break something up? Ooh, the Lord, he just told me. I, no, that ain't it. So we have to make sure that, that one, we are praying in faith. And that also, number two, we are praying in alignment with the truth of the scripture. But then thirdly, we have to make sure that we are praying in submission to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what do you say? What do you say? And we cannot submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit until we begin to take ourselves less serious. Or, deeper, take our desires less serious. Because some of you, some of us, me, been to the place where I literally have an attitude with God because of what he doesn't do for me. Oh, I know you ain't never been pissed off with Jesus. God bless you and, and, and all your stuff. But I didn't have moments where I didn't want to pray. I didn't have moments where I was mad at the almighty God. I'm just, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm just all, all in my feelings. I'm all in my feelings. And... I'm not praying according to the Holy Spirit. I'm praying according to my flesh. So if we want to make sure that we're praying in the Holy Spirit, it's not just about speaking in tongues. But we got to understand who is your tongue yielded to. Because ultimately the tongue is the yielded tongue. The true tongue is the yielded tongue. And if you have not yielded your tongue, I don't care how well you sound. You can sound really deep and holy. <clears throat> But if that tongue is still attached to your will, it ain't a holy tongue. That tongue has to literally become detached from your will. And you only say and do what is the will of the Father. Verse 21 goes on to say, you should continue. You should continue to live, watch this, or even with the assurance that God loves you. Notice this. He wants us to know. He wants us to understand. Listen, you got to know this without a shadow of a doubt. God loves you. Don't miss this. And even with the time we're in the session, I need you to walk out of these doors knowing that you cannot do anything to make God stop loving you. Some of us, some of, watch this, some of us, the enemy leads us into certain temptations because he knows that the guilt and shame that we feel will cause us to stay there. So all he has to do is give us a seed of temptation. And then when we fall for the bait, watch this. We stay down there because we feel like when we get there, God can't love me back out of it. And then we create this whole pseudo private lifestyle that we don't want anybody to know about because we feel like if they know about it, they won't love us. And then God won't love us. Listen, God knew you was nasty in the beginning. And this is why he's giving you a new foundation. See, it all, it all works together. You got to stay connected to this. This is why, this is why you have to be able to re release whatever you have on you to God. Because you got to know that no matter what you go through, no matter what you deal with, no matter what you face, he loves you. 
You got to continue. Like, you can't do anything, man. Man, girl, woman, boy, friend. You cannot do anything to make God stop loving you. Jews like, listen, he was my brother. He's my brother. And I, I, I didn't even acknowledge his lordship till he went on back to heaven. But what I now understand is that he loved me the whole time. And even in your lowest point, what you have to grip hold of that will bring you from the abyss of your despair is that even in my vilest moment of life, I serve a God who loves me right now and wants the best for me right Right now, right now, I'm out of your way. Verse 22 teaches us that we have to be patient and compelling with those who lack faith. Because there's some people in here, watch this, their lifestyle hasn't changed because their faith level hasn't elevated. It's not that they don't love God, it's that they lack faith. Because some stuff, honest, some stuff we do, not because we, we, we're terrible people, we do it because we feel like we don't have any other option. But the moment you begin to realize that you have a God that loves you and is with you, you grow. And so here's your instruction. You got to be patient and compelling with the people that lack faith. You're going home to some people that lack faith. You're going to be in a family with some people that lack faith, but you have to be patient with them. Don't get on your high horse. Don't, don't, don't act all super Christian with them. Be patient and be compelling with those who lack faith. Verse 23, we'll end here. Put a high premium on the spiritual well-being of those around you, even at the expense of their temporal comfort. Can I be very honest? My wife and I are at present are probably pissing off most of the people that love us. Because we are putting a demand on their spiritual growth. We are challenging every comfort zone around us. In our home. Listen, my mama she had traumatic experiences in water. Kid you not. That caused her to not even want to be in water. My mom was in a water aerobics class this month. Now y'all may think that's small. My mama got a problem with heights. And she literally scaled the Grand Canyon. Listen. You got to be, and I'm not just talking about the temporal stuff, but the spiritual stuff. You got to understand that some stuff you got to do in the, in the physical to beat something that happened in the spirit. Because the, but because the spiritual chain is manifested in physical oppression. I'm getting ready to close this laptop. You have to put a high premium. I, listen, we telling folk to sit places that they don't want to sit. No, I'm not, no, listen to me. I'm, I'm, telling, I'm telling people to give in places that they feel like they shouldn't give and to do things they feel like they shouldn't do. Why? Because I've had to be the same way. I had pastors and leaders do this. The, the men that cover me, you, JT, you need to do here. Move here. 
And while it, it bothered my flesh and it got me out of my comfort zone, now I have a stronger level of faith. And some people, you are doing them a disservice by being in their life and caring more about their comfort than you do about their progression, getting to the destination God wants for them. The scripture says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. If I can't make you mad, I'm, I'm testing how strong our friendship is. If I can't give you a hard instruction and move from it, I thank, I thank God for the people that are around us. Listen, I, I, when a beloved brother of mine, and I'm covering him right now, he was having a, a worship service, and I, and, I, and I felt the spirit of God, and I said, hey, man, this is it. And he followed it. Now, watch this. He could have been like, hey, this is my service. My name on the fly, this is my thing. I appreciate what you're saying, Bishop, but I'm going to follow the spirit. But when we push each other out of our comfort zones and we push each other to a stronger place of faith and a deeper place of understanding, watch this. We get to the place to where we all get closer to our destination. What is the destination now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his excellent glory? Here it is. Our destination, watch this, is not to have stuff. Our destination is to stand before God looking like Jesus. I know it's, it's like that. Oh, that's the whole sermon, huh? Yeah, okay. Amen. It, it, it's not deep. I wish I had deeper revelation. I wish I could go Matthew Stevenson on you for a moment. But listen, the deep, the deep thing is this. God didn't save you so that you can get to heaven looking like you. The last time people kept trying to come to God looking like themselves, he destroyed them and confused their language. The last time people tried to live their own life and still get his blessings, he drowned them. And then the time after that, people that got his own name and they wanted to live, uh, they wanted to live with the proximity of relationship with him, but wanted to do their own thing. He let them walk around in a circle for 40 years and die. That's what he does. No shade to anybody. No shade to any generation. Our destination is to get before the Father and to look like Jesus. And if the lifestyle that you have right now is not supporting the transformation of your image, it is a wrong lifestyle. Ooh, I wanted to hoop so bad. The reality is your destination, where you're getting to, where... where Point A to point B. Point, the, it, listen, the end of this thing is that you stand before God and you are blameless. Watch this. Not because you're blameless in yourself, but because you have been crucified with Christ. Come on, Paul. But nevertheless, I live. But it is not I that live, but Christ that lives within me. Forget your image. Erase all of that. I know this is this is heavy. I know I know I know y'all be like, listen, listen, y'all should you should have kept other people preaching because Bishop on something else. 
I'm not up here standing with you in, in, in caftans because I like Africa. I'm denying myself. I want to look like, not just in my physical appearance, but in my spiritual man, I want to look more like Jesus. And to know if your life was worth living when you die, when you laying in a coffin or when they sprinkle in your ashes in the Fijis. <laughs> Did they look like Jesus? Did she talk like him? Did he walk like him? Did he treat people like him? Did he deny himself? like him did they love unconditionally like him I'm sure God's going to bless you with a lot of niceties I'm sure you're going to receive a lot of what I call now gratuities in your spiritual walk we prophesied a couple of weeks ago that we heard keys and I, I mean countless testimonies this, this week the last week of people receiving new keys, keys to cars, keys to houses, I mean, keys to new offices and, and new promotions and jobs and I mean, and God, and all of those all, that, that's all good, but all those are all gratuities the, 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 those are all things to just, to just appease us on this journey but ultimately the destination of Jesus is not to get you in a house ultimately the destination of God is not to get you a promotion the destination of God is not to get you to your, to your dream mate. It is to be conformed to the image of his son. What, what are we here to do? To destroy the works of darkness. And so I'll give you a house if you use that house to look more like Jesus and destroy the works of darkness I'll give you a husband if you use him to perfect you in Christ and y'all come together and destroy the works of darkness I'll give you a new car if you drive to holy places and you use that vehicle to become more like Jesus and destroy the works of darkness. Father, I lift up to you, your sons and your daughters, and I pray now in the mighty name of Jesus that you would strengthen us all to come to a reality, the same reality that Jude came to. Now unto him who is able to keep us from... We don't even have to sin like we do. Because you're able to keep us from falling. You're able to present us faultless. So Father, we pray right now that we would, we would keep our eyes set on the destination before us. The destination to become the image of Christ the destination of destroying the works of darkness to be presented before you holy blameless so 
Father, give us an eternal mindset. Give us an eternal mindset. Give us a heart to walk according to your will. We declare these things to be done, and it is so. In Jesus' name, amen. Were you blessed by the message you just heard? If so, please leave a review so others can glean from the lessons you learned. And if you would like to help us continue ministry, feel free to give at hvcla.com. We love you, family.